Hi everyone, my name is Barbara Molas and I'm a PhD candidate in history at York University in Toronto. And I'm here to talk about transnational Francoism, the British and the Canadian Friends of National Spain. In this presentation, I'll introduce you to the Friends of National Spain and I'll talk a little bit about what's been said about them so far. And then I'll dedicate some time to my own contribution and my own research. And I'll finish by suggesting that this study of the Friends of National Spain as a transnational network is actually illuminating to better understand today's transnational right. Today's presentation is largely based on my recently published article entitled Transnational Francoism, the British and the Canadian Friends of National Spain, 1930s, 1950s, which has been published in the Contemporary British History. So for more detail, you can always refer to the article. And if you still have questions, you can always email me or contact me. At the end of this presentation, I'll share my email address so you can do so. In July 1936, when the Spanish Civil War breaks out because a group of so-called nationalists launched a coup against the democratically elected Republican government, British loyalist and author of a biography of Benito Mussolini, Charles Petri, leads the formation of Friends of National Spain in London. The Friends of National Spain was originally established by a small group of friends composed largely of dissatisfied conservative politicians. Their goal was to foster a positive attitude in British government towards Franco's cause against the Republic and to improve Anglo-Spanish relations in general. Their motto, as was that of the nationalists, was to restore the Christian order in the West. The members of the Friends of National Spain in England included Anglicans, Catholics, Methodists, and Protestants. The ecumenic character of the Friends of National Spain was partly the result of its seeking to develop a mass membership which would cut across existing political divisions and would reinvigorate the right. The Friends of National Spain constituted a group of Christian nationalists. So different from secular or civic nationalism, Christian nationalism advocates Christianity as a social political ordering mechanism. So it is as ethnic and political as it is religious. Why? Because Christian nationalism does use religious based understandings of difference to implement new social political orders or states. That's why they understood the Spanish Civil War in religious terms. They saw the Republican side of the conflict as anti-Christian, as anti-God, as communist in general, and so the enemy of Western Christian civilization. That is why they thought that defending Franco's right to revolt against the Republic was in fact defending Great Britain's interests as well. Here on the right, I've included a nationalist propaganda poster that shows you what is that the nationalists were promoting that they were against. So you see Bolshevism, masonry, symbols of Judaism and separatism. So essentially nationalist sentiment in Catalonia and the Basque regions in Spain. It is hardly surprising that London in England had become the headquarters of an organization like the Friends of National Spain. London's conservatives had been writing against the Spanish Second Republic since before the Spanish Civil War broke out, so in July of 1936. They wrote against this social and economic chaos that, according to their view, resulted from the removal of the Spanish monarchy. So the Spanish monarchy fell in April of 1931, when the democracy was finally established in Spain. When the Spanish Civil War broke out, they supported the nationalists passionately, largely because of their anti-communism, 
but also because they saw in the coup against the Republic the possibility not only for a national, but also a transnational conservative revolution towards the restoration of what they thought was the natural order of the monarchy in the church, not democracy, but the, the monarchy and the church. The propaganda set by the Friends of National Spain by means of pamphlets, lectures, and meetings, though, was far less successful in mobilizing British opinion than that set by the pro-Republican groups. In fact, Profanco's supporters constituted a minority. For example, in January 1937, only 14% supported the nationalists led by, at the time already, General Franco. I've included here a picture of Franco for those who are not familiar with uh, what he looked like. Less than six months after the Friends of National Spain was officially established in England, a Scottish branch was inaugurated in Glasgow under the gaze of General Franco's portrait. An Edinburgh branch followed in June 1938. Echoing the objects of the London-based Friends of National Spain, the Scottish branch explained that the society aimed at spreading the true facts about the conflict in Spain and thereby defend the Christian religion against the attack of the anti-God campaign meaning the Republican campaign. Its founder, Walter Scott, revealed that the Scottish Friends of National Spain had been established out of sympathy with the Spanish Christians, who, according to him, were suffering against the forces of communism. So him establishing the Scottish branch of the Friends of National Spain was based on moral grounds. The Scottish Friends of National Spain collected financial aid and other contributions for the nationalists, a task overseen by Marie-Louis Maxwell Scott, a fervent anti-communist woman who promoted fascist Italy, Nazi Germany, and Francoist Spain. So what I've explained thus far is not new. Until now, historians knew about the Friends of National Spain, but they understood it as a British organization, a pro-nationalist network resulting from domestic concerns on economic and political interests. Specifically, the Friends of National Spain had been studied as part of a broader interwar mobilization in Great Britain for a Christian revolution. Although these accounts reveal the existence of an organized and influential form of British support for Franco with divisions in England and Scotland, they failed to identify the transnational nature of the network. Last year, while I was doing research on Christian nationalism in Canada for my dissertation, I discovered a series of pamphlets and leaflets that had been published by the English headquarters of the Friends of National Spain and had been shipped to Montreal to be delivered to a local branch of the Friends of National Spain. This discovery proved that the Friends of National Spain was not an exclusively British organization, but was actually a transnational pro-Franco movement. Identifying cross-references related to the Friends of National Spain in the English, Scottish, and Canadian newspapers, as well as shared printed material among personal papers of former Friends of National Spain members, I demonstrated that the Friends of National Spain was in fact an international phenomenon. What I found out is that the Montreal-based Friends of National Spain was recruiting members by July 1938. Becoming a member of the Canadian Friends of National Spain meant paying $5 in fees towards propaganda, which was a lot of money at the time, and which tells you what sort of membership the organization in Canada had. So we're talking here about upper-class Canadians. 
the members of the Canadian Friends of National Spain were not as ecumenic as those in England, but they were multi-ethnic. So for example, members included Catholic Canadians of Irish, Ukrainian, English, and French descent. They constituted Canadians in between with identities that did not fit into the two nations narrative of Canadian nationalism. So for example, you'd have Irish and English Canadians who were not Protestants, but Catholics, Ukrainian ethnic minorities, and French Canadians whose first language was not French, but English because of their mixed descent. The British Friends of National Spain would have embodied that outward looking sense of identity based on religious fraternity, allowing them to surpass ethnic and nationalist quarrels to engage instead in a global quest for the survival of Western civilization. I call transnational Francoism the international and coordinated support for Franco. And we know that the Friends of National Spain was a form of transnational Francoism because from 1938 to 1939, the press reported that the talks and field viewing organized by the Friends of National Spain in Montreal was permanently in contact with the London Friends of National Spain headquarters. The London headquarters not only printed and shipped material to Montreal for the local branch of the Friends of National Spain, but they would also recommend visitors who could deliver speeches on their view of the Spanish Civil War. So for example, in my article, you will find the case of Bernard Fay, a Frenchman who was an anti-Semite and a sympathizer of Nazi Germany and fascist Italy, who visited Spain and actually became friends with Franco. Bernard Fay met the uh, chairman of the Friends of National Spain in London and gave a speech in London as well as in Montreal only months later. So we do know that through the exchange of material and contacts, the Friends of National Spain became a transnational network that exemplified very much the transnational Francoism that I'm talking about in my article. With the outbreak of the Second World War, though, ideological companionship with fascism was considered unpatriotic. And so soon enough, the Friends of National Spain disappeared from sight, both in Britain and in Canada. In 1950, though, a new version of the Friends of National Spain was formed. In July that year, the Scottish Society of Friendship with the Peoples of Spain was formed. And shortly thereafter, an Anglo-Spanish League of Friendship was formed in London. Unlike the original Friends of National Spain, this new network was theoretically more concerned with diplomatic relations. Supposedly, then, it had no political aims other than the restoration of formal diplomatic relations with Spain. The society presented itself as a new non-sectarian, voluntary, and self-appointed body. I've included here a picture of Jean Maxwell Scott, the Scottish Friends of National Spain honorary president in the 50s. It must be noted that neither Montreal nor London ever had any women in leading positions of the organization, but Scotland always had women of the Maxwell Scott family occupy leading positions in the Friends of National Spain uh, bases. Unlike Scotland and England, in post-war Canada, the Friends of National Spain seem to have been completely disbanded. Quebec's demands for more independence led to a concern that Canada was to fall apart and be divided between Catholics and Protestants. And so the former members of the Friends of National Spain became more and more concerned about local events rather than being concerned with transnational networks and movements. 
a new local focus was taking place in Britain as well, with the dismantling of the British Empire, while in the 30s, the Friends of National Spain would talk about Christian interest in America and in Europe. After World War II, they would limit their discourse to Christian Europe. Only the secretary of the Scottish Friends of National Spain seemed to still persist in the idea that the revolution had to be transnational. However, even he believed that the leader of that transnational conservative revolution resided in Europe. In the process of relocating Francoism at the center of a new discourse on European Christian identity, the possibilities for a new Francoist British movement to have an international significance diminished. As a consequence, Canada never experienced a resurgent in organized Francoist support inspired by Britain. By specifically focusing on the transfer of reactionary imaginary on events in Spain from Britain to Canada, this study discloses the impact that the British Friends of National Spain had upon the Canadian extreme right. It demonstrates that Francoist propaganda in Canada was significantly influenced by reactionary groups in Britain and suggests that Canadian pro-Franco mobilization was relying, if not dependent, on British Francoism. In stressing the cooperation between different Christian denominations for the establishment of the Friends of National Spain at home and abroad, I argue that the Friends of National Spain became a means for the development of a form of Christian nationalism that was in fact transnational. Today, the idea that Europe is formed by a group of associated Christian states has emerged once again in the radical right discourse. Radical right populism in countries like the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, or Germany have referred to their Christian roots to depict an idea of who they are as nations and as Europeans while also defining those who represent a threat to their identity. By insisting that Christian nationalism can be a transnational tool to define belonging, my study challenges the larger assumption that pluralism and religious nationalism are inherently opposed and suggests that it is precisely the influence of the latter over the former that allows for the institutionalization of racism. In my short article entitled Christian Europe and the Normalization of the Radical Right, I explain a little bit the connections between today's Christian nationalism and the Christian nationalism expressed by the Friends of National Spain. So for more detail on that topic, please refer to the article. That's all for today. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed the presentation. Please don't hesitate to shoot me an email if you have any questions. My email address is bmolas at yourq.ca. Thanks so much for watching and see you soon.